0: Welcome to the future of music. My name is Jake Abel, and I started this podcast as a passionate music fan interested in how technological developments like Web3 and AI will disrupt and continue to affect the music industry. Each week, I talk with artists, entrepreneurs, and music professionals about all things music and tech. So whether you're a musician, industry professional, music or tech enthusiast, or just have a curious mind, I'm hoping this podcast can become a resource for you to learn from me and the incredible guests I have on and to prepare yourself for the future of music. In the spirit of technological development, I have started using an AI model of my voice to create my intros. This podcast is released in collaboration with Float, an experimental label media company and music platform I've been working with that helps artists create music and release it as digital assets. Check out the links in the show notes to find us on social media, see what we're up to, and discover some incredibly talented, independent artists. Domino is an artist of many forms. He's a writer, rapper, poet, producer, photographer, visual artist, director, and more, and he's been a Web3 trailblazer for over two years. He became a fast friend when I met him at ETH Denver this year, and we had an awesome conversation about his background, music career, upcoming projects, Web3 philosophy, and more. I hope you learned something new from today's episode here is domino how you doing man i'm good man been busy good um yeah in a good way good um so yeah you know a lot going on float the podcast um i'm working on a music festival amazing um so yeah lots of (laughs) lots of projects yeah my friend my friend has wanted to start a festival for a while and in the fall, we finally nice. started making some moves on it, um, mm. and the venue is the summer camp I grew up going to. So, wow! Yeah, so pretty nostalgic going back there and like starting to plan everything out. But yeah, we, we announced and went on sale like a couple weeks ago.
1: Okay, let's go.
0: Yeah, so Labor Day weekend where? this year—that's the yeah. in—it's <laughs> uh, in West Virginia, like two hours outside of DC. Oh, wow, where I'm at. Oh, yeah. um, mm. So it's like all DMV artists, pretty much. Nice,
1: that's amazing. Yeah, congrats, man.
0: Yeah, thanks. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely exciting. We've gotten a lot of like positive feedback and interest from people. Just gotta turn that into ticket sales pretty soon, for sure. (laughs) As it goes. Yeah, um, I saw you're about to head over to Barcelona. That's exciting. Yeah, that's new. (laughs) That's that's a new uh. A new thing, yeah. I'm
1: super excited about it. That just, like, fell into life. And now we're
0: going to Barcelona. Did, like, what is it, ETH Barcelona? Yeah. Did they just, like, contact you that they wanted to book you for some stuff? And then you were like, fuck, I got to get out there?
1: Uh Yeah, so I submitted just to, as a speaker, mm-hmm. um, just to talk about music out there. And they said, yep, but you got to get out here. And I was like, well, all right. Well, <laughs> and it's out. In a, it was in a month. So yeah, um, I just tweeted out like, yo, if anyone wants to help out with this experience, like that would be incredible. And I'm open to talking about it. And uh, a bunch of people reached out to me. And it's been it's been really incredible. Shout out Max. Max pretends for for making the fly happen.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, when is that? July 5th. Word. Have you been to Europe before? Uh, no. Wow, very exciting then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool, be. man. Should be a good time. Yep. You I'm go... You, some you... shows
1: out there.
0: Nice, yeah. Um. Yeah. You go... Do you go to, like, most of the major Web3 and Ethereum conferences?
1: Um. This Maybe? year.
0: Yeah. This year I did, yeah. Just uh, out of, like, bookings. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're normally looking to get out of it from the start is just like some shows and then you go from there yes a lot of it's been a
1: lot of speaking roles Mm -hmm. um paired with paired with performances um
0: but yeah i just i'll stack um
1: a few shows each time
0: yeah yeah that's cool man i mean it's been it's been fun like meeting you and everyone and and just like Seeing everyone pretty consistently the the first half of this year was fun. Um, you know everyone's performing, everyone's speaking, everyone's there supporting each other. It's been it's been cool. Uh oh, I think you might have froze. I can hear you. Your video froze. Hello. There you go we're back yeah 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 <laughs>
1: sorry new place new wi-fi it's a whole thing
0: oh yeah you just moved too yeah um just like a new spot in la like what's going on yeah mm-hmm. yeah so my last place flooded oh um, damn yeah the studio um
1: that was a part of my house and uh it yeah just kind of shifted everything <laughs> oh fuck, uh, that man. was before this whole spree of traveling um for all these things and um uh yeah yeah and now we're now we're here it's been the craziest three or four months for sure did you lose a lot of gear no i moved it that night thank god i felt okay word what was happening when i was in there yeah if i didn't it would have been different for sure
0: yeah Yeah. well glad you got a new spot that's tough man sorry to hear that thank you man all good so do you have an do you have a makeshift studio in your place now i I mean it looks like yeah pretty much this yeah Yeah, i was gonna say i see all the sound (laughs) panels on the wall you got the microphone
1: yeah i uh i was in a one-bedroom house by myself um Mm -hmm. so i had so much space um full Oh wow yeah gorgeous yeah um so now i had to move all of that into a room essentially Mm -hmm. and um we we're doing the best yeah we're doing the best we can luckily it's like great and it's like damn near treated before even putting panels up and stuff um so it'll be great to to record it and you know keep making yeah it
0: happen. is that how you've like usually been recording just like your own your own studio or do you
1: yeah so for the last three years at um the house that i was uh, living at they had a detached space that i turned into a full uh, treated studio um so i just had my own
0: uh <laughs> yeah just
1: the whole the whole situation um but yeah yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent
0: are you full time in music yes for uh six years seven
1: Six. since man. uh 2016. Mm-hmm.
0: and and like how do you think you were able to make that jump like that jump is hard for a lot of people like that's like a very significant step i feel like in a music career is when you can focus on it full-time and not have to worry about you know whatever your fucking day job is or wherever else mm-hmm. the your money is coming from yeah so like what what do you think like were your keys to making that jump um
1: it's it's hard to even say that there was a jump because i've been mm-hmm. um working for myself since i was like young like yeah. really young.
0: all right give me the give me the full story then
1: yeah i uh <laughs> I mean, I, I did professional card magic from eight to uh, 20. <laughs> no way. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. That was, that was my life. Um, so from I started working professionally at 12, mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, going crazy. It was, it was pretty proficient. I was just doing like private parties and, and stuff. Uh, yeah. And like event work and um, <laughs> a whole massive things that's
0: awesome whole life so you've always been a performer
1: yeah yeah man yeah yeah i was i was doing like theater in middle school and then uh, i was doing public speaking in high school um so it was this whole slew of you know just it was always that it was always that literally and when i had to i worked uh, as a barista for years i worked in a coffee or a chocolate shop i like did so many, so many odd jobs and stuff, especially moving to LA right out of high school. Um, I had to do everything, you know, for those years. And then it became like, okay, if I'm doing all these other things, I'm not doing what I like came here to do. So let's just like jump into it and, um, you know, got ahead and got a lot of support from a lot of people. And um, I had been building like a grassroots community, you know, even during high school, that was happening. Um, and I just how- took that momentum. It was always about being um, independent and how to how to do that with a group of people. Um, so when I stepped into a more digital realm, it just kind of,
0: like, made sense. How are you building that community, like, in high school? Um,
1: so on top of doing, like, card... Card performance. Um, I was doing like spoken word um, performances. I was doing, um, like I said, public speaking with this program called Peer Helping. Uh, this teacher created it to essentially have students help students and learn therapy techniques and things like that. And so I was doing public speaking for, for that in a, in a really big way. So I was just building really a support system of people that just would kind of support anything I did. And from there, I like. That's when I decided to to go completely full time in music. It was 2011, and I came up with the Domino name and brand, and uh, decided to fully shift into that, which was quite a shift. People were like, "What are you doing?" Um, <laughs> you know, but they uh, continued to support me anyway. Um, and then over years, continued to support me. And just when you have that many years of of support. Um, for a person, it, uh, it becomes
0: dope when everything is good, you
1: know, for years, sure. were, years
0: of learning. Were you always making music before that? Like, what was your, what was your music, uh, endeavors before making that jump? Um, I mean,
1: I, I had played the bass for a little bit. I fucked around with drums a bit. Uh, I was in guitar throughout high school, but like nothing, uh, crazy! I got a drum machine when I was like 15, but um, my obsession with card work was strong. Um, <laughs> so it never, you know, it never took took that time away from me. Um, but when I fully dove into like performing spoken word, it uh, my obsession with music got so strong because um, that was the only place I could find like what I was wanting,
0: which mm-hmm. was like I'm story. Some... I'm getting some weird background noise right now. I'm not sure what that is. Okay. Okay. A... It stopped. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to touch anything. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, you're good. Might have been a
1: plane or something.
0: Uh, that's what it sounded like, yeah. something in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some,
1: some big up there. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, from, from the spoken word shit, I learned that through um the show called Def Jam Poetry it would highlight music artists and poets and um that's where I was like wow this is everything I want you know this is like performing but it's storytelling and it's connective and it's personal but doesn't have to be and um had this freedom to it and uh yeah I just dove into music started producing started um doing everything because I didn't think that someone could produce what I was trying to make um so very early on I was like oh shit I'm gonna have to like
0: (laughs) produce all this as well so early on you had an idea of like what you wanted the sound to be like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you were just like I need to do this on my own
1: yeah yeah literally literally and then I was seeing people like Mac Miller in 2010, you know, like going completely independent. And then years later, Chance doing what he did with acid rap and um, being in a time of that mixed with, you know, um, these industry people um, and seeing like XXL being actually relevant, you know, and seeing these moments being really relevant. I was like, oh, like that's what I, that's the route I want to go. so I just like went hard with doing a lot of shit by myself and doing the um, the card magic thing. Like I was writing for magazines. I was working on online communities like I was already doing that. Um, so it just kind of all fell into place with running my own uh, like design, song covers um, and everything visually, artistically as well.
0: Oh, so you did all the all the visual work for your yeah. music yeah, stuff Yeah, all, all the uh-huh. video
1: editing as well. Um, I worked as a video editor for years. Uh, I shot film photography for years, like, because I wasn't in a place where people were doing that. I, I mm-hmm. you know, I was in like lower class suburbia and
0: moving around in that world before you moved to LA.
1: <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Where were you at?
1: Uh, this town called Roseville. Shout out Roseville, um, old old Roseville. It's uh it's this, it's this town by Sacramento that has this, like, there's a half and half of the city where half is like huge gated communities and the other half is like an old train town. Um, so it's, yeah, it's yes, even, it's even strange. explaining it, it's odd. Yeah. Um, so I was like on different parts, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I, I just had different experiences than most people that were, that were over there. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's so I, I, I had no one around me except for like choice people or people like in the city in, in SAC and um started uh, diving in with them in the, in the local music scene. And that's when uh, everything started changing and it was like, oh, OK, we might need to like be somewhere else because there's no scene here. And now it's different. Now the SAC music scene is like incredible, like some of the best artists that that I know. Um,
0: So it's it's just funny how that really yeah that's cool yeah do you go back there much?
1: I do yeah my all my family's still out there yeah Um, my brother had a had a baby a year and a half ago so I'm an uncle so I got to pull up all the time oh nice yeah yeah,
0: it's the best yeah that's cool um so when you started getting into the music on your own how did you go about teaching yourself production?
1: Uh the same I mean I taught myself all the card work. Um, So I was in books and I was scouring the internet real young, you know, to find these like hidden techniques of how to do this, you know, really niche thing. So it just taught me how to find information. Um, So I just Just, applied, I applied the same thing. to everything with music. (laughs) Like it, yeah, I was like, okay, I need to find the people I love. I need to study them. And like, Mm -hmm. what, you know, what, what am I trying to do? And study all those pockets and that just kept leading me to people and beats and I was friends with some incredible producers that I was just learning Ableton from in Mm -hmm. real time as I was recording with them and having them produce for me as well I was just like studying you know and taking notes and um just started clicking in drum patterns and you know chopping samples and loops and stuff
0: yep Yep. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get back into it. Like, I mean, I keep, I keep saying this and with working with float and being around all these artists, like all the time, it's like, you know, inspiring and, and really giving me the itch to like, want to start trying to make music again. And I had Hell yeah. done it for a few months and just like fell off. Cause I had no musical background and didn't know what I was doing. And, <laughs> you know, summer I was like fucking around.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Cause some of the best uh, music producers, are literally that,
0: like yeah, no theory, right? Nothing.
1: Even I saw a K. trinata interview recently, and he's like, "Yeah, I know no music theory," and I was like, "Really,
0: nice. sick, dude." Nice, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, dude. That's it's dope. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, it's like I think I think that just speaks to like the the technology involved in creating music more than mm-hmm. anything. It's like mm-hmm. before there was like production, it was like you had to play instruments, yeah. And now you can just, like, make a beat on GarageBand in two seconds if you want to. Yeah. Pretty um,
1: and it might be crazy. Might be the best thing
0: ever. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> some sick producers actually still just use GarageBand. Mm-hmm. Someone That's was... like, "Wow, wild. Who was telling me... I don't remember who it was, but some someone was telling me about some really legitimate producer, and he's just, like, still is in GarageBand. Just, like... I think only, it might be only. Mad
1: Lib. I think he produces. I, that might
0: out. be it. That might be it. That might be it. Which is just wild. Garage band on the iPad. Yeah. Fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, what are you using now to produce all your music? Ableton still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I started Feel- recording in Pro Tools, which is hilarious, and then uh, everyone I knew was producing in Ableton, and I just saw how good it was, and that's just like what I learned on.
0: So yeah. Makes sense why is pro tools hilarious
1: it's like the industry standard so it's funny that i like started with that and then sh- switched to ableton usually it's the opposite
0: uh-huh really pro tools is like the industry standard i feel like yeah just a for lot... like recording okay like
1: vocals i got a you. Lot of... like when i say industry standard i mean industry like right
0: right you know um i don't think many of like right like a professional studio that's like exactly W-A- yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Pro Tools mm-hmm. uh, let me pull out my laptop Use Ableton. yeah I feel like most of the producers I am around are using Ableton more than anything for else sure. it's just so fast yeah you know for creative
1: ideas Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. and like I mean I've been having this conversation about how AI is just going to sort of make all of it faster yeah literally have you started messing around <laughs> with any uh, m- music production or music creation tools that are using AI? Um,
1: not as much musically. Yeah, a lot visually. Hmm. Um, and then I I I essentially use them as samples, the same way music producers use samples. Um so uh-huh. I create create an image uh like in mid journey or something and then yeah. take that image or a multiple of images and like start combining them and collaging and mm-hmm. uh, I think that that is really exciting.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, I mean you can make some really intricate sick looking stuff that Yeah, you can go crazy. Doesn't There's take so as layers. long as it yeah.
1: Yeah, it's all man, it's all about tools. And it's all about like how you use them. Like people are only mm-hmm. going to be able to insert prompts for so long before they have to like actually do some stuff to create something that people aren't seeing already. Yeah. Because when everyone can create a certain standard, it's like, okay, what are you about to do?
0: Yeah. You know? Like That's everyone has this
1: power now. Like, right. Anyone can do this. So it has to start being crazier, you know, um, and like enhanced in human ways, which is cool and exciting to me because. I think it's going to, um, you know, um, um, gives people a lot of like people that don't think they're creative can go and do some crazy shit and just like play with their imagination. And I think that is super exciting. You know, like I want more grandparents opening up Mid Journey and typing right. weird shit. And a thousand just percent. The baguette, you know, yeah, it's so
0: cool. Um, I've messed around on with, with yeah my, with my grandpa and he likes yeah. to... He likes to make up nonsense stories and just, like, tell stupid lies. Like, he'll FaceTime me and be like, oh, yeah, I was just at the Orioles game. They had me pitching the first two innings because the pitcher didn't show up. <laughs> like, stupid what? shit. Stupid shit like that. He just, like, makes up funny stuff. And I was like, it's all hilarious. right. And I was like, the other day, I was like, all right, Pop, tell me the plot of a silly short story. And I'm going to have ChatGPT write us a, a short story. <laughs> and he'll you know he would say something like that and then i'd be like all right chat GBT, like here's the prompt write me you know six paragraphs for this short story and then i would read it to him and he was like geeking out it was so funny that's awesome yeah
1: that's so cool that's like you had a, a unique experience with your fam that's awesome like yeah. that's what people need to be talking about you know more right um and also that's why that's why i start with that because i'm i'm unsure how i feel about uh, some of the music tools with AI, specifically yeah. the voice. I was just talking to my roommate about this. The voice so stuff's specifically crazy. The voice man. stuff. I'm not a fan, and I'll just. I, I, before I was being tentative about this, but I'm not a fan of. And this is just my personal thought. I feel a little weird, a lot weird, about people using voices of people that have passed away. I see the like respect. And mm-hmm. I see the, you know, the the, I'm a fan and I want to hear stuff. Um, but I think if someone hasn't had the opportunity to say that, like, this is OK to do with my voice, um, then there's like a problem. You know, I think uh, like people should be able to have the right to say if this is OK or not. Um, yeah, So that's what worries me with it. Mm hmm. That makes you a lot know? of sense. That makes a lot Same of sense, people's for sure. faces. Like I could go on mid-journey and I was just talking about this with my um, friend Austin and it was like, you could put Brad Pitt doing whatever and it'll give you Brad Pitt doing whatever. And that worries me. Uh, Cause I wouldn't want myself with that. I wouldn't want someone to type my name and put images of me out. I, I would be pretty unhappy about it.
0: Um, so, you know, yeah, the, that's, there, that's where I'm at. The, the whole like legality of the training data is is mm-hmm. certainly a mess. Yeah, the image stuff is tough. Like, I feel yeah. like I read that. Uh, what's the like classic stock photo company? They were like potentially mm-hmm. suing Mid Journey because it seemed like they had used just a bunch of their your images for training data. But mm. yeah, I don't I mean, know. I gotta that...
1: train off something off the internet. It right. Is
0: you know? Yeah. That stuff is scary because you can just like make really realistic looking shit of people doing whatever, but there's already
1: been a couple things that was yeah. like, Whoa. Whoa. There was one that recreated not even recreated, it made up an image of like the Capitol getting
0: Oh, I saw that news
1: outlets reported
0: it and then like the stock market (laughs) went down like a hundred points or
1: some shit yes and (laughs) it crashed itself when they found out it was fake yeah
0: that is a huge
1: that's scary that's uh, like actual like you could do some scary shit and i don't there's got to be some form of like regulation on it for sure like um especially from the people making this shit you know like you should be able to train your own voice if you want to and you should be able to use that. You know what I'm saying? Or people that give permission or have like open source stuff, et cetera. Um, but everything else is kind of weird
0: to me. Yeah. And everything else is definitely Worries me weird. a lot. The the I've, I've listened to Sam Altman talk about it a lot. Or I'd listened to like a three-hour interview with him and Lex Friedman where he was saying a, like all of the concerns that OpenAI has with what they're building and they're, they're very, that know, was it's, it, it seems like they're very, yeah. You listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, we're, we don't, we're worried about like the power <laughs> dynamics. We're worried about like, how do we democratize the decision-making? We're worried about like, yeah. you know, all he's that the stuff. He's the fucking man, honestly. He if he doesn't like, end you know. up being a
1: super villain, he's great.
0: <laughs> I heard this crazy story about Elon Musk and OpenAI the other day that, that Elon was saying, in like 2015 or something like that, he was having a lot of conversations with the head of AI at, I think, Google about AI safety. And the guy who was running AI, Google, was like not that worried about it. And at that point, Google had like 80% of the AI scientists in the world working for them. And Elon okay. Musk was like, well, fuck, if 80% of these People work oh, for Google and they're not worried about AI safety. Like, I need to do something about it. And then he yeah. helped fund the start of OpenAI with, mm. like, the intention of being really worried about safety.
1: Mm. I remember on when he was on Joe Rogan, he talked quite a bit about the the AI regulation. He was, like, mm-hmm. you know, just voicing his, his concerns pretty strongly. So, you know there's that
0: yeah he also
1: the government pulled up on him too and he was like he killed it he he was very forward and
0: Uh uh-huh you know i mean i didn't see any of that but i can imagine that like you know the the government just like doesn't really know what the fuck's going on and is asking all these really stupid questions (laughs) and elon musk is like well this is how it works yeah and this is how you always are yeah right every time (laughs) Yeah, it's the same... Yeah. Um, Maybe that's the problem. uh, I don't know. There's a lot of problems. It's like... And everything's moving so fast and, like, the government moves so slow that, like... Yeah.
1: Because they're, like, 90 and, you know, going
0: through... (laughs) Going through uh,
1: laws from the 1800s. Yeah. It's tough. Tough to work around.
0: Yeah. It's... (laughs) it's, uh, Yeah, it's going to be interesting, like, because everything's only going to keep picking up Mm -hmm. and, like the the like rate that ai and other technology is like affecting our lives is only going to increase and like yeah. the pace that we can actually get stuff done through the law is not going to increase yeah so i don't we'll know see. we'll see, we'll what see. yeah it's like yeah exactly like we'll fucking see um yeah, keep making art but yeah right (laughs) what else are you gonna do keep making art (laughs) as far as the voice stuff goes like i think i think like and i was talking about this with wine bags yesterday that like um grimes's example i think is really really super dope really well done like amazing and i think she's like yeah she's like i'm open to it and i want 50 percent it up
1: yeah (laughs) let's do it i think that's
0: what every artist needs to do is just be like yes or no and if yes, I want X percentage. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know how else you could do it. Like
1: I don't know either, because you know. I don't
0: know either. <laughs> I think TK I TK know. TK just started doing some cool stuff too. Like yeah one of the With kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, my friend Dupes, who has been to a bunch of the float stuff. Um cool just sent us a song this morning that he like he like remixed one of his own songs and like inserted tk's voice using kits into the second sick. verse yeah it's awesome hell yeah it's really sick I love. actually that. you know what i want to pull it up because it's so fucking good hell yeah. let me let me try to find it and then i can share my screen yeah a man
1: if a, if an artist decides that it's like amazing it's like very interesting
0: yeah you know? i i support that a lot it's it's mainly just the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, wait, so I'm gonna I'm gonna share my screen and we're gonna listen to it really quick. I did a podcast with Databots the other day and he had his screen sharing like the whole time and he was showing me all this cool shit and I was Hell like that's yeah. I should start doing that. Yeah. Little presentation. <laughs> Little presentation. Yeah. His was he like actually had like a whole presentation like ready to go. Basically Hell it was yeah. it was really cool. Love that. Um okay, share sound. Here we go. You can see this. Nice. Yep. Alright, so this is I'll skip ahead a little bit. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Giving it a different name is hilarious. It's seven
1: and it's pretty clear. We don't even know where we go from here.
0: So this is dupes. This yeah. is dupes on the first verse.
1: Shower. But most of all I you
0: And then he puts TK in the second verse. Wait, shit. and then he puts TK in the second verse. it's really sick. and I didn't even notice it at first. I thought he just had edited his voice more and then he was texting me about it in oh, your
1: okay. I Think it's I pick my to you and these voicemails they got me a no time for this
0: I think this is TK, I think so too Yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's crazy Yeah
1: That's so wild,
0: yeah. Wild. It's really, it's crazy. Oh, interesting.
1: I've seen TK too. He 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 put his own voice in it, and it gave him a cleaner vocal take than the original. Whoa. Yeah, and then he like layered them as a group vocal. That's. I sick. thought that was that that's was tight. really cool. It's like your own plugin. You yeah, know what I'm saying like uh-huh. that. That's pretty sick. And Damn, I, I want to use it for myself for like video. I want to yeah. do voiceovers and stuff, and just mm-hmm. type it. You know, um, I I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be so much easier, especially for like content creation and and I think that yeah. want to be spending my time on. You know, I
0: think, I mean, I, I'm not totally sure how these models work, but I think the type to audio is a little bit. It always ends up sounding a little bit more ro- more robotic. Yeah, that's real. Um, but like for the models, like I think what Dupes used for TK right there, and mm-hmm. like. Inserting the, like voice. the Grimes model, yeah. Like what winebags yeah. was telling me is he just does all the vocals, yeah, and then there's like an audio a voice. trance, yeah, exactly. It's so wild. It's great. How yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's crazy. Makes sense. Like, yeah. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's wild. Anyway, um, let's get into your uh your web three journey a little bit. At what point did you start uh, messing around with NFTs? And like, what, what made you want to start pursuing that more as a, you know, avenue for your music?
1: Yeah, pretty much from 2017 to 2019. I was making my living performing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 2020 hit, and I had to go completely digital. And so I was doing Twitch streams um, mm-hmm. three times a week uh, for my community, and I saw at the same time multiple artists that I'd followed for years uh, start minting um, their pieces. And they started
0: selling for like 15 bucks, and then they started selling for yeah, 100. I'm, I'm getting some like little scratches coming through in the audio. Okay. I don't know what that was. Um, Sounds like it stopped. <laughs> okay <laughs> uh there's something i think it's this wire thing because every time i have my arm over here okay yeah, um maybe. um so you saw a bunch of your friends who were making music star minting
1: yeah uh no not making music they were artists there was no one oh, when oh, i okay. came in i got you. nobody when i came in was making music except right. uh like latasha um spotty uh fifi wrong and uh nifty sax um But yeah, 2020, I was doing Twitch streams. I was moving all digital. And then I saw uh, some painter homies start going crazy. And within that year, they were selling their pieces for like $100,000. And I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And um, they also, my biggest thing was like, they were completely being themselves. And they were showcasing themselves. And they were getting that kind of support as artists. And I was like, oh, these people deserve it. Like, this is not, (laughs) this is not whack like this is amazing this is like an artist Mm -hmm. renaissance moment this is like focused on art like this is incredible um so then i started minting um march 1st um of 2021 and i minted a self-portrait drawing that i scored um it was like an animation um with uh, this violin and stuff and it sold for an eth in two days and that just
0: damn continued and that was your first piece yeah
1: yeah and then uh yeah i was i just continued dropping visual pieces um for months and months and months uh leading people to the music um through through the art Mm -hmm. and uh then i minted my album uh volume one in october of 2021 i had four weeks of build up uh, seven 101 art pieces every week with a short film and I built up momentum that way through dropping um, art pieces leading up to the album drop. Announced it was an album the day before and then <laughs> dropped the album with a custom contract where people when they purchased it got all seven songs. Um, each song came with a 101 art uh, from a different artist in the space and uh Ran it up, and it changed my life instantaneously within twenty four hours um nothing has been the same uh months later, I collabed with Rolling Stone on their first drop um whoa kept kept it moving yeah have <laughs> yeah have performed all over the country because of it um and just got uh shown in front of a, a whole different audience
0: yeah, that's incredible, man that's really awesome so like Sort of going back to the start of that, how how do you think you were able to sell your first piece for one ETH off the bat? Like what were you doing before that? It was amazing.
1: (laughs) And I had a I already had, you know, like a following. It wasn't big. I think at that time I was at like four thousand followers, but I I had already had um because I already knew people that were now killing it. Yeah. And and just like that put me into small groups with people that were just incredible that are now the ones you know mm-hmm. um, i was connecting with uh, so many people um and and those things just helped to not like make sales but get in front of people yeah because um, they were supporting me and then like it was a different time where like it was truly about building a collector base you know so i mm-hmm. was um i just i had three or four people early on that were supporting me very really intensely and then that just kept building, and then when I did the album, it gave reach. So that was my first edition drop. Was mm-hmm. was the album? So how many editions was it? Uh, it was open, um, and then we oh, gave, nice! Uh, just under five hundred total.
0: Sick! Wow. Yeah. And then yeah, so you got a bunch of reach after that, and then what? Mm-hmm. Like everyone, not everyone, but like then just Domino as an artist was just like more widely known and you just started having a lot more opportunities to share the music and travel and stuff. Yeah,
1: it um like I said, like when I dropped the album, there wasn't a music scene.
0: There mm-hmm. wasn't like catalog right. was
1: just, you know, moving barely and sound yeah. didn't even exist. And um, music wasn't, like people when I dropped the album were like, what is a music NFT?
0: Mm-hmm. What is
1: that, you know? Um, so we were creating a foundation um, and, and deciding what it was. And that that paired with, like, I think the same week Spotty dropped his album that went crazy and Latasha sold a music video for like 60 ETH. And it just, like, it, it opened up these floodgates for people and businesses and entities and, you know, people seeing like, oh, the music space has a lot of potential and here's why, here's the problems. Uh, Spotify does nothing for us and it's just a marketing tool. and here's numbers and like here's how much this drop did versus how many streams it would take it would take like 30 million streams right it's crazy um and it just became four podcasts a day with seven meetings and (laughs) consulting vcs and you know like random tech world that i had no (laughs) i was like i'm here to make music and art y'all see this i'm going crazy like what are we talking about and um I, I kept doing drops for the album for six or seven months I did a series of dance films um, collabed with some of the top dancers period and um, uh, more short films and then uh, I focused on shows so I was doing online shows a lot and um, just traveling performing the album
0: mm-hmm I yeah. mean the video is the is the man on the album was that the first the man song on the is album?
1: a no, The Man was from a album I did in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a video I, I put up
0: kind of recently. Yeah, because that video is crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> a,
1: that was like one of the first videos that created a standard for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to
0: showcase like where I kind of come from with that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Can you dive into that a little bit more? The video? Yeah, I mean the video and then like, you know, yeah. the story you were trying to tell with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So in 2017, pre all the Web3 craziness, um, I this was my first album that that really moved. Um, It it moved heavy and and gave me a foundational audience that really wanted my music. Um, And so we made The Man. I I made it with my, my friend Kev. He plays the keys and sings on it. I was falling asleep and he just freestyled that chorus and I was like, Oh my God, this is it. I like woke up and was like, Whoa, um, this is, this is it. And, uh, that's kind of how that whole album was. It was my first time hitting a certain standard with my music and vision that I've always wanted to hit. Um, like that was what I wanted to make. And, and for where I was at at that time, it, you know, was uh, a height of that. And, um, Yeah, the man was a culmination of that. I had already been touring with dancers. All my friends were incredible dancers and Mm -hmm. E-boys and trickers and tap dancers. And um, we just had this crew of (laughs) really amazing and talented people that were down um, for the vision. And so we choreographed, you know, uh, for a drone. We shot it over three states over four months. Um, My close friend, Andrew. Uh, friends who's working on the volume two documentary right now, uh, filmed and edited it. Uh, my close friend, Taylor, Taylor J did the, uh, creative direction and, um, we just got the super team together. And then, you know, we, we filmed it, knocked it out. And, um, the, the concept is just about the exploration of kind of masculinity and what, what that means. Um, and, and kind of accepting, uh, not being so strong as a man, and just what that process looks like. Um, and we showcase that through the dancing and through the uh, environment. So you'll see it goes from like open space to fire at the end. And um, there's <laughs> a reason for all that. Um, but yeah, man, it, it, was a, it was a journey and that gave me a standard um, that I'm still uh, re-reaching for, for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. The video's sick. Like, it's really, really cool. I can see how it tells that, that story that you're mm-hmm. trying to get across. Is that like mm-hmm. that message of dealing with masculinity? Is that something like you've that like, you were dealing with on a personal level and that's where everything came from?
1: Yeah, For that song. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it was, it's so funny to reflect on because I feel, um, like that process is still relevant, you know? Um, so it's, it's very interesting. It, it felt, the whole album seemed, um, it tapped into something that felt a bit ahead of its time for myself and where I was at. Um, so it, 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 it's definitely themes that I still um, connect with and still explore and gradients, that's the album that that song is from. Um, is kind of like a prequel to *Prozessence*, which is the mm-hmm. trilogy the trilogy I'm working through now. So, um, it's definitely a uh, precursor. Yeah,
0: everything. yeah, cool. So let's get into *Prozessence* then. Um, mm. Volume one, you said, it came out October twenty one, and then Volume two is going to come out uh, basically this right year. when this podcast definitely is coming out, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> give or take, yeah.
0: So what, and you're making a documentary for it. Like, you know, give me the breakdown of the whole project. (laughs) Um, oh man, it's
1: very much so happening in real time. Um, I've alluded to a lot of things. It's been hard because we've been working on aspects of this since volume one came out, um, which was two years ago now. Um, so it's, it's crazy to have worked on volume two this whole time and not been able to talk about anything. Mm mm-hmm. um, it's, it's pretty frustrating. We have a bunch of videos filmed, a lot of things. I have yeah. three merch lines ready to go. I am quite quite a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to be prepared because um, it allows us to like focus on finishing the music as well as really putting together like an, an assortment of shows, um, which I'm very excited about. Um, but yeah, I, I one of the main aspects with it was I wanted to film everything. I wanted the process of this to be well documented, and so I um, I set up <laughs> some uh, situations with some people that I can't say yet, um, and they supported me very much to make the process go really, really well. Um, so we to start the documentary, we got. I rented out a, a Airbnb in the desert in Joshua Tree, and uh, I got my closest friends in Web Two and Web Three, which is like thirty artists, producers, and, and singers, and rappers, and the whole thing, uh, instrumentalists. And I said, "Hey, y'all can come out here if you want. We're gonna film everything. We're gonna interview everybody, and we're gonna make a ton of songs for the album. And uh, you know what makes it makes it, and what doesn't. We have uh, other songs and experiences from this, but." Um, there is now, I think, 25 hours from that weekend of footage, um, from the creation of the songs to interviews to, you know, so many things, B roll, all the things. Um, and then we've been filming since then that we shot that in November. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we made all those songs in November and that was like so special. I cannot wait for that to come out, which is, it sucks because that won't come out till after the album process comes out. Right. so it's going to be some time because we got to drop the album to finish the documentary and film it. Um, <laughs> so it's it's going to be funny. Um, but I, I can't wait to showcase that. Like, And it, it kind of stamped a time specifically of the Web3 space. Um, and so it's going to be interesting because we're going to interview everyone again um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, see the difference in, in answers from the beginning of the process to the end of the process. Um, so... Um, I'm excited about it, but volume two is, is expansive. It is, um, it's like the album I always wanted to make that. I just felt like I couldn't because of, uh, boxes and what people say a rollout should be and how many songs it should be and you know, and all this shit. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna like, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play this game of, of, um, intelligent drop and unique drop, but I'm also going to do like whatever I want. Um, Because every time I've done that, it's, it's been great. Um, And every time I don't and, and uh, listen to, you know, like the industry or listen to people or managers or A&Rs or whatever, not that I'm talking to these people a lot, but like, when I do that, it doesn't, it doesn't do what what it could you know Mm -hmm. so um definitely applying that to this process and yeah
0: so what are like that's sort of something i wanted to dive into is like sort of the you know the web 3 release is a lot different than the traditional like release and rollout yeah what are so like what advice have you gotten and i guess not really taken in terms of like what a traditional rollout is supposed to look like how you're supposed to do a real album and a, yeah. You know, for, what are you doing different
1: yeah for me like i mean a general standard is like singles like drop mm-hmm. singles drop singles drop singles get enough momentum over time drop mm-hmm. some crazy videos and then drop an album when it's when it's your height and i'm a conceptual album artist so it's mm-hmm. like i can't do that um because it just doesn't make sense my singles hit but like it's a it's a body of work that i'm yeah. trying to present and that's mm-hmm. my thing it's a world you know um And so I've I've uh, for this next one, like for volume one, I didn't drop a single at all. I said Mm -hmm. an album is dropping tomorrow (laughs) with four weeks of build up to to an announcement of an album. But the build Um,
0: up wasn't singles. It was just it was not it was art and
1: storytelling that went Mm -hmm. along with the album, um, which is I'm applying that to this. But with also playing with singles and experimenting a little bit and seeing how that works for uh like I completely dodged web 2 with with volume 1 and that's a problem Mm -hmm. um it it gave me all the momentum in the world for web 3 which has changed my life completely and like has set a standard of like man for for a big thing for me with volume 1 was paying people the right way and I can very confidently say that I've paid everyone that has worked on it like the most that they've made from a job essentially. Like, and that's something that is I want to keep up. No, yeah, that's awesome. So to do that, you you kind of have to be like, well fuck the normal way to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um but I'm taking a more balanced approach on this one. Um so that I can have the biggest reach possible. Because that's that's what I'm going for. I want people to hear the music and I want people to be a part of it at a mass level. And um, I think the web three ramp can be that it can be this insane ramp that they um, like these supporters, these collectors um, can come on the train with, you know what I'm saying?
0: Interesting. I was just sort of thinking as you were saying that, that like web three sort of isn't the ramp for like mass distribution, like Mm -hmm. web three is obviously more niche in terms of who's participating and who's paying attention. Yeah. Um, so how are you like balancing that aspect versus also getting everyone to hear what you're creating?
1: Yeah, it's uh, just through the release, really. Um, I'm gonna um, just take both of those approaches and combine them and use leverage from Web3 into Web2 a lot better. Um, and I mean that in ways of promotion of, uh, like pop-ups and, um, more investment into the videos, such as the man, you know, because those that reaches beyond anything, you know, when it's, when it's crazy and it's good, it is, (laughs) it is there. And I finally feel like my music with this one is able to not be so niche as it has been. Mm -hmm. um so i'm gonna lead people in web 2 the way i led them in web 3 um and just like over time with really really fire consistent heat and initiatives and you know different ways of connecting but in a in a more open
0: way where it's uh you're not required to buy something
1: or required to have an
0: NFT or whatever Mm -hmm. i mean yeah the good art will always speak for itself and and yeah people will pay attention exactly. um are you trying to are you like doing any sort of onboarding initiatives with anything to try to get some of for your sure. F- web 2 fans into the you for know sure. web 3 output what are you doing
1: yeah uh just a lot of back end kind of things mm-hmm. i want
0: to shift
1: from it, like a big topic for me right now is verbiage it's like what words are we using? And how are we saying this? Yeah. And I'm gonna implement things in my website, in the checkout system for merch and music, um, and just where you're going for my stuff and updates. I'm just gonna blend those worlds. I'm trying to be vague without being vague. Um, right. I'm gonna blend those worlds together in ways that is like, okay, when you buy the 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 hoodie, you receive a digital version that creates a wallet for you automatically, in your email. You know what I'm saying? Your- Sick you know yeah things like that where it's like it's just happening and it's just a dope experience and then like if you want to lean into it and then you go to open and see that they're you know it's like oh shit this is this is some shit Mm -hmm. um that is a better onboarding experience to me than like hey guys i have to explain to you what this is and how to check out right it's like fam this is adding a bit too much uh resistance you feel me and the whole point was to delete resistance right um so the the more ways i can have people set up with a wallet and receive something without them necessarily knowing that's what's happening Mm -hmm. uh the better because then they have the choice if they want to like lean into it or not yeah but it's there regardless exactly it's like a part of it you know and it's just the same as logging in it's like all right you have your login here's this
0: yeah, that I think is one of the biggest like UI issues that needs work. Yeah. That it seems like people are thinking and working on but like the whole wallet mm-hmm. interface is just like it's too much. And yeah. even Yeah. I mean, and I know how to you know, essentially do all of it at this point, yeah. but even here Still, and there, even here and there I'm like, "Oh fuck, I got to switch to polygon, I got to bridge my yeah. eth over here, I got to do this." It's like Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh <laughs> fuck. Ah. Uh, I just wanted something right i was like trying to collect like i was i was looking into like wine bags m- music yesterday like before we did the podcast and his song with with grimes ai is really sick and i wanted to collect it and i was like listening to it on ooh la la which is the you know yeah, it's yeah. like uh i mean you know what it is but it's a uh what's the word for it like uh it brings all the like diff- an aggregate aggregator aggregator yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an yeah, a- yeah. it's a it's a web3 music aggregator and yeah. you could like connect natively on there and i connected my mm-hmm. wallet and it said i didn't have enough matic even though i did and then i oh, no. went into lens and used a different wallet and had to switch networks and it's like all these fucking steps that are like yeah. dude i just want to pay this guy two dollars yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh
1: man. Yeah. So those are the goals. And I think like people, a lot of people rely on like platforms for these types of things. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we're at a, we're at a certain place where you can connect with people and and figure out ways to like build these things out. And I just hope that those tools become more accessible. Like these tools that help us add things to our website that is like, oh, now they can just connect their wallet to it. It's like, Squarespace. Yeah, you know, like, like give me or whatever. Insert whatever. Yeah, or how? Medal to-
0: Medallion does a really good job of that, I think. Really? Yeah, like they do. I gotta cause, check it out. Because they're working with like, they work with a lot of, they just work with like not major artists, but they're working with like established artists, I guess yeah. you would say. <laughs> like they have Jungle, they have like Alenium, they have like um, Portugal demand. Man, um, and it's all back end like nft web 3 integration but you're just signing in with your email and you get like exclusive content and stuff yeah it's really they do a really good job of that that's that's where i'm at yeah that's that's what i'm rebuilding Uh at the same time as finishing the album and you're building it all with like your own developers and and your your own website or platform Mm -hmm. exactly tell me about that process and decision as opposed to just like releasing on sound or like using yeah i mean
1: i i'm I'm about both i'm about Mm -hmm. all the things Mm -hmm. you know when i when i did volume one and it was on a custom contract that was because i was gonna work with a platform that bailed on me a week before the drop Uh uh-huh you know what i'm saying yeah i was about to and that would have been not it right i think about it now and like a huge point of why that drop was successful was it was completely independent it was disconnected from anything it was like nah you're buying this from me you go to my website and grab this you mm-hmm. know um and that checkout process was amazing shout out props uh props is my dev team they uh did dead fellas and a bunch of other projects and Ski just like believed in in me on volume one 24 hours before finished the contract in 32 hours and had the damn website. yeah i called That's him and i was nuts. like i don't know what to do and he was like yo let's do it and i said all right it's filmed it's awesome there's it'll be in the dock it's, it's great great yeah moment. that's sick and, uh, so for volume two i'm gonna lean into that more um i'm gonna have you know certain build up moments be with other platforms and, and partners mm-hmm. and then the main drop because i'm contracted and then drops after um you know play around with all these things but i'm all about like partnerships and connecting with people to make it make sense um because I understand leverage and um, like what is being brought to the table and how all these people need support from artists to be able to do anything. Um, and the same same on our end, like we need more reach and we need uh, more help, you know mm-hmm. um, So I'll always be um, like working with with people that are like-minded as well as
0: like doing my complete own stuff. yeah that's a great attitude. I mean, I think like, yeah, there's obviously times where doing stuff completely independently is just like how you need to get shit done. Yeah. And then there's times where it's, you know, mutually beneficial for you and the platform to like cross promote each other. And yeah, hell yeah. You know, that's what I
1: learned with the Rolling Stone collab. uh I was like, y'all don't, y'all don't have to
0: tell me about that. that. I didn't really look into that. Tell me about the Rolling Stone collab.
1: Yeah, so they they hit me up pretty early after the album. Uh The album moved and they knew I did visual work as well. Um, And so they hit me and was like, hey, uh, you're one of 12 artists that we want to do our first uh, digital collectible drop with. And so I did a one of one piece that filled uh, the R or the S in stone Uh um, for their logo. Um, so then they, they did a whole event for it. They had that shit blasted everywhere. They brought us out on some red carpet shit. Little John DJ. It was awesome. And uh, they showed us the best time. It was a collab with Coinbase. So we did a bunch of filming with Coinbase. And um, then they um, they airdropped it to everybody and, um, you know, have a one-on-one. And, uh,
0: I think they're doing another event this year for it. You did a one-on-one visual piece or audio visual piece?
1: Uh, uh, visual piece. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It was a series of self-portraits that went through my process with the Web3 space. Cool, So I, like, sampled old pieces of mine and stuff and collaged them up.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Sick. I mean, that sounds like a really exciting opportunity to have. Oh, dream. Like, yeah. (laughs)
1: They, They did a couple of articles on us and... You know, my mom loves that shit.
0: Awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. You know. Right, Rolling Stone. really like, stamped it for them. Yeah. Like, She's like, Oh, know? I know Rolling Stone. Exactly. She's like, What? <laughs> <laughs> You're that's... in that? I was like, Yeah, I'm uh, like Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. That's a yeah, awesome. dream. Dream. You know, I had on like a board for yeah. a while. Like, uh-huh. Like uh-huh. Who else was part of that project?
1: Uh Betty with Dead Fellows mark habibi all visual artists yeah um mike grill made it is fire um oh my gosh boss beauties uh a lot of people i'm blanking mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah Blanking. yes that's cool man and people, that, so though. that was what late late 2021 that was early 2022 early 22 yeah. yeah market was still up yeah i think right yep <laughs> oh man it's so like now it's fucking down yeah and eth was at 4200 then god damn um (laughs) i mean now now i feel like with the way the market has changed like people are sort of reevaluating everything like yeah i mean all the most of the music drops i see at least are like very low price yeah a lot more are using polygon and matic yeah there's a lot more open editions, or even if there's additions, yeah. it's like still really low price. Yeah. And I don't know, everyone sort of seems to be in this state of like reevaluating, like, where do we go from here? Yeah. Like what's, you know, where do I put in utility? What is it going to be? How do I drive value back to collectors? What is the yeah. use case for collect? Like all these questions, people are like really trying to figure out yeah. where to go. Yeah. Um, does anything come to mind when I'm talking about all that? Like, where do you, at, so least, much. at least in your personal artistic practice and, and focusing on, on, you know, just selling your music. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to make money from making music. So like, where are you going from here with that? Uh,
1: Harder than ever, <laughs> <laughs> harder than ever, but like while shifting the verbiage uh-huh. and like, it's all about going back to an original ethos of Web3, which was essentially, like, the artists and, and the art and, and a focus on renaissance of changing these industries, you feel me, like, yeah, the, oh, totally. I watched the visual space create itself. You know, I watched the photography space create itself. I watched mm-hmm. digital artists do their thing. And, yeah then I watched the music space formulate and the way the music space did it was unlike any of the other ones. And I'm unsure if that's positive. Um, Interesting. In what way? Every, all of it. (laughs) Like it felt (laughs) like, it felt like we brought the traumas of the music industry into it and started relying on the meta of certain platforms and and Uh moments and people, you know, instead of like the art community focused on raising their floor so that they could you know sell their pieces for high amounts as well as build uh communities of people that supported them. Mm-hmm. And then the photography space did the same thing, you know. Right. And then music has done kind of the opposite. Yeah. We started and we were like look at what we're selling our music for. Like this music should be valued. Like this shouldn't be free. This shouldn't just be, you know, something we take for granted. Yeah. Like that we just hear and it's like in the background and we don't give it any value. Like it was about the focus not only on the music, but like the people making the music mm-hmm. and supporting them, you know, yeah. like Latasha doing a 50 music video is what it should be. You feel me? Like, yeah. these are music videos, these are like, films, you right? Know? Like, yeah, literally should be valued more. Yeah. Um, and, and then so, we took yeah. it and went down, you know, and uh, that's fine. And like, things change, and things have to adapt and mm-hmm. like availability and access. But I'm all about, again, that balance. So it's about like, having these like my music videos should be worth a lot
0: yeah you know it shouldn't my, be just a marketing tactic it's a real piece no. of art it's a exactly. short film so it, for should, real. Be,
1: it should be in sotheby's yeah you know it should be at christie's it uh-huh. should also be displayed and and you should be able to go watch it for free you know like um it it the same way you can go to a museum and look at priceless pieces of art it's like it's just showcasing it in these ways, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, I can see that
0: maintenance. Yeah. I can see the difference there too. Like when the visual art or photography spaces were being built, they weren't really, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they weren't really talking a lot about like, the issues in the traditional digital art space or like the issues yeah, I mean, it was with like, independent fuck photography <laughs> fuck shit. yeah right they or, were just or like,
1: selling prints or you know they, yeah there was combos of that for sure they're like can you sell prints of pieces that you're minting and all this kind of shit and you know definitely talking it out and like yeah. what is a, a low price and what's a high price and you know um having having additions and one-on-ones mm-hmm. and you know seeing and and adapting in that way, but um yeah the the music industry just has a lot of <laughs> uh issues, you know,, yeah. and so it makes sense that we're we're having all these combos and stuff, but I think a lot of people are seeing it from the viewpoint of the industry instead of outside of it and it you right know, being able to formulate something else um. And, and something that we kind of haven't had before. <laughs> it feels like that opportunity. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think everyone should have different tiers of of access and stuff. But people shouldn't be afraid to, like, raise their value in extreme ways.
0: Yeah. What do you think? So, I mean, we've sort of been touching on this. But, like, is your then value, like, the value you think the buyers are getting is... The art for art's sake, or like, what are your thoughts on sort of that mentality versus like, mm-hmm. you know, you need to also sell like utility and access to the artist and exclusive merchandise. Like, mm-hmm. how do you balance those two things?
1: Um, I think that it's like what it's about what you're expressing and what the purpose is with that specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I learned a lot from like Violetta um, Zeroni, she she's created a whole artist package through her album drops where you receive like uh, weekly zoom shows and you get access to her shows for free and um, it's this whole package you know and it's like incredible and then you also get to trade and flip these like uh, pieces of songs that were generated you know and it's it's fire it's taking like a pfp aspect to a patreon to this new thing You know and combining all those things and it's like access to the artist, and I think that's beautiful and I do that in my own ways um but a big focus of mine is like look at this art (laughs) you know like look at what I'm creating and and like connect with that and so I have certain pieces or collections that give access and then Mm -hmm. others that don't and then things that are gamified and things that you can burn song covers to help me decide what, you know, the DSP covers about to be. That was my, the last thing I was doing. And I, I, you know, give so much access to myself in my music and art that I had to be like, okay, you know, what are my boundaries here? And what am I giving and what am I not giving?
0: Hmm. Yeah. I think again, that's like a really good outlook. There's always, it's just like time and place and project. Like what, mm-hmm. are, what are the intentions behind it? What's the best way to, yeah Yeah. balance access versus art versus all those other factors because
1: it's tough you know and I'm so like art focused like I want my music to be insane Mm -hmm. you know and I started like all of 2021 and 2022 I like could barely make music because I was fully community building I was doing Mm -hmm. three three twitch streams a week for yeah you know six to seven months straight and then when I wasn't, I was, you know, <laughs> on meetings and podcasts and calls. And, yeah. Um, and, and that got to be like, oh, whoa, like this is the press run. And now I need to like, I need to have no one talk to me. Yeah. That was crazy. And I need to go make music. Like mm-hmm. I need to feel and process and um, be, learning to be okay with that in this space was really hard. And I yeah. feel like I'm just there where I'm like, you know, uh-huh. what, y'all don't need to see me every day. It's OK. Y'all y'all aren't going to forget about me. Right. And if you do, when I drop this next thing, it's going to go crazy. So, you know, I had to let go of just any, you know, pressure in that way or else I, I wasn't going to be able to make what I feel like I need to make for it to impact how I need it to, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I was listening to another interview and i and i honestly don't even remember who the interviewer or the artist were but they were talking about how like this this one album went crazy and this artist she's you know touring all over the country and the shows are going crazy and they're like doing all these interviews and all this press stuff and all these you know events and and they and again the concerts are wild and everything's super sick and then right after the tour they like want to throw her back in the studio to get shit going again and she's just like i don't I, i don't have anything to write about like I was I've just been performing and doing press stuff and like you know the real art comes from like actually just like experiencing and living and like mm-hmm. you know finding yourself and all of that kind of stuff and it's like yeah. if you're just like out all the time just talking to people specifically about the music you just released it's like yeah at some point you can't what? just write about the music you already did oh. sort of
1: yes literally 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 yes bro yes that that hits so hard because like yeah. for a while i like i felt like i didn't have anything to write about mm-hmm. and it made me feel so weird i was like i thought something was like i was like damn is this it like and then i was like no i just need to like live yeah and process and mm-hmm. i'll tell you bro i've lived <laughs> the last few months fuck yeah man just that's with, awesome that's just great with the craziness of shit
0: yeah uh, but yeah man yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm happy for you. I mean, I'm excited for this next this this next album. I'm sure. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. I can't the wait. Do- for you to the hear documentary, it. I think, is gonna be crazy. Like, yeah, that kind of I'm, content, I think, is just always so cool. I'm so excited about it, man. It, we're
1: trying to make it something that longtime fans will like,
0: mm-hmm. just
1: love, but like you could not know who I am at all and like enjoy it because it's yeah. Not, it, it, It's about the journey. Like, I know that sounds so cliche, but like truly is. It's like whatever this outcome's about to be is what this is about, you know, like whether that's some crazy shit or like, you know, complete crash and burn. Well, we'll see. (laughs) Um, But either way, it's going to be it's going to be a good story for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to read it. Um, What was what was that? Like the burning mechanic and working on your your yeah. cover for the art. I wanted to get back to that for a second. Yeah, yeah. Really cool.
1: So I I dropped this song on Sound called IRS. It's a reflection of some of my experiences that I felt in the space, uh, mainly when I was in New York. And um, it, it's very honest. You know, I, I name drop some people, and you know, I'm just talking about the space. You know, it's about people avoiding you like you're the IRS. And I, uh, I made, <laughs> I made four different covers for it, and I couldn't pick, because um, I just love them. And um, so I made a GIF uh, of the original token, so it just like cycles through all the art. And then um, I had a, four manifold burn pages, uh, one for each of the cover art, so you could burn that original token for your choice of art, mm-hmm. and then whichever one had the most um, burns. Um, which is how many people wanted it. Um, I submit that one to Spotify. Yeah. Apple Music.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun one. Uh, like I'm to literally today like actually out. uploading it to DSPs finally. Oh, nice. Um,
1: so, yeah, but they, they, not many people actually did it, which was cool to see. Like, it's always with those things, it's an experiment because I just want to get the song out. And then right. I'm like, okay, this is like very niche and specific. And I'm, I'm not trying to have this be, you know, too
0: much of a thing so it's like oh, okay you know like let's it's like let's yeah let's see who interacts let's see who yeah and votes. like what
1: is how does this hit like you know yeah. like i love that shit and every drop i'm trying to add a little gamified aspect if, mm-hmm. if it makes sense you know and with that one it it made sense and it was fun and um yeah
0: yeah it was dope cool yeah no that back. sounds i mean yeah right anything like that that gives people like some sort of like legitimate, uh, you know, interaction and sort of like say in the final product, yeah. like, yeah, the people who care like fucking go crazy for that. And yeah, it, man. I mean, I'm, you know, it just builds those super literally. Fans.
1: And like, I think one of them only had one burn. So that person got a one on one from me.
0: And that's like, that's cool.
1: I'm selling one on ones for quite quite a bit. So it's like, yeah, hey, you just came up for like $7. You know? Yeah. Like, literally that Um, yeah that's where i see the the open editions and and lower price stuff like Uh just add elements that make it different you know like Mm -hmm. give it something so that people actually have a reason to grab three or four of them you know like people were getting five just so that they could have a bunch of different versions right um and i think that's so cool um mixed with one of ones for higher priced and mixed with music videos for super high and collections that are 10 editions each but like priced at a at a higher price point and you know free mints and all the things. Yeah. <laughs> like make it make no, sense yeah, for what for sure. that moment is and Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, so yeah, you've definitely done a lot of that experimenting, which is cool. Yeah, man. What's what's yeah. the what's the rollout plan for the new album? Uh... in terms of like how you're <laughs> distributing and selling it? If you can talk about it, if you can.
1: It's it's uh, it's less that and more. It's like being created in real time. Mm -hmm. Um, And there. There'll be multiple ways to collect each song. Okay. Um, the similarly to volume one, like with volume one, I did one of one short films. I did one on one art pieces for each song. And then I did additions for each song with collaborations and then one on one dance films, one for each song and you know an assortment of exploration um so it's going to be similar to that there'll, there'll be a main drop um of additions that will probably be open just so you know it's like most people that's the point it's like reach mm-hmm. there'll be there'll be one-on-one dance films again there'll be short films uh just different uh and uh just drop differently uh so they'll be given um in different ways and formats than volume one but i'm taking what already happened and refining it deeply for sure but i'm um, also gonna be um like i don't know the, the term like water waterfall dri- dripping
0: i gonna yeah. drop it drop um, it over time right you know. yeah um, yeah i know what you're saying
1: yeah yeah instead of all at once like i did with volume one mm-hmm. so it'll be easier to digest because like it's volume two is three times the length of volume one
0: damn yeah yeah
1: it is a whole ass fucking you know it's a whole thing this is this is a stamp of time for me um and i have a lot to say so it needs that yeah you know? it, it needs it and then volume three will be whatever it is but this one it's a lot and so i'm, I'm breaking it up into parts and then giving those parts in pieces
0: hmm. Have you started thinking about volume three?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. The like, I'm so excited about it because I've already thought about what's after that. I'm uh-huh. like, oh, what's after this trilogy of albums? Like, what am I about to do? Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, another album. We're good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's going to like presessence The trilogy will be an expo of Domino as as a and entity and Mm -hmm. it's not going to close the book on domino yeah but it's gonna open up potential for for newness um Mm -hmm. and an evolution and i'm i'm excited about that so this is like a a circle closing if you will
0: yeah is the name i'm assuming the combination of presence and essence (laughs) yeah 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 and it's it's yeah what domino what domino is
1: Yeah, it's like uh, the actual storyline is like at the end of volume one, you hear me win what in this world is a Grammy, which is the possessence award. Mm -hmm. Um, So you hear that at the end of volume one and volume one is like going through my journey up into that point, it's kind of like a a catch up of my life in in a couple songs Um, from like where I grew up, uh, the craziness of that uh, relationship shit to pursuing success and then getting that success, right? And so it's kind of like the exploration of success as a whole. Um, Volume two will be, okay, what happens after this moment of success? And before I imagined it as like this high and then a really big low and then like centering out and coming to like a sense of understanding of like, well, is this success what it really was? And like, what is it now? and like what actually matters now, you know? These are all the questions I had before diving into volume two. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy because my life experience is that, you know, yeah, like this intense high and press run that I thought I'd have in this kind of deep low and friends changing and situations changing and money and stuff. And it, it brought it, this, the experience that I needed to have to make volume two and now I'm in this thing where I thought after volume two would be this like understanding and showing of like what actually matters. Like mm-hmm. it's, I knew it probably wasn't the money. I knew it probably wasn't like the right. success and the, the view and the, you know, yeah. celebrity or whatever the fuck. I, like I, I knew that that would probably actually be a problem. Um, And uh, so I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to get into volume three and yeah. get into that. Like, what actually matters, you know, because mm-hmm. I've been creating in that mindset of like that up and down and then, you know, um, centering out. So it's I'm excited to, yeah. to
0: call call that energy instead of the craziness that. It's yeah, been. no, that is, that's exciting. That's yeah, yeah, it's a cool journey. Um, throughout that, what, you know, at this point in it, what yeah. what? matters to you what is the most important thing that like you know you've been through these ups and downs the money comes and goes you know yeah Yeah, let's get deep for a second (laughs) um i think so i
1: i like when i started volume one i knew there would be three and i saw that whole that whole journey you know Mm -hmm. um from the jump you know and then the whole time i was like oh i'll probably find that answer at the end of this journey mm-hmm. like when i'm there i'll probably have it yeah and um i think i you know uh, i was talking to a friend of mine he uh he, um, his name's duck and he uh he's like he's an incredible music artist and he's on gradients the album from 2017. Mm-hmm. and um it was just such an honor to have him on there and i was talking to him oh this was probably a year ago when i first started working on volume two and i was like yo like here's this concept like what do you think because he he's reached a height he was opening for billy eilish and shit and like all this crazy shit and i was like yo what the fuck really matters because like <laughs> you know it's probably not all this shit and he was like nah that shit is like stressful that shit is like hard you know mm-hmm. like and I was like, so what is it for you? You know, and his answer just hit so hard because it's the whole concept of the Gradients album. But he said it was time. It's like time matters. Like you you lose it, you feel me? And you, mm-hmm. you lose time with people, you know, and you lose time with, uh, you know, all, all these experiences that you want to have. And that summed it up. I get chills now because now I understand that that really is it, like at first I was like, oh, it's probably family. It's probably like the people you love and shit. And like even zooming out a little bit more, it's time in uh-huh. our life, you know, and where you're where you're at and using it instead of spending it with the people that you love and doing these things that are extremely fulfilling. It's like the sacrifice. Um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna stick with that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> steal, steal his answer. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. That's I was gonna,
0: gonna say like, I think it's people and and yeah. family and friends and relationships, yeah. but me too. Um, yeah, my my so my my dad's best friend passed away unexpectedly, like mm. a couple weeks ago. Damn. So I'm the sorry. value, yeah, it's been tough, but yeah. the value of family and friends has never seemed so important to me. And just like yeah. seeing everyone come together around it and just like talk about other experiences with him and like yeah just getting everyone together it's like i've been feeling that like what the fuck else matters at the end of the day other than the people in your life and your relationship literally. with them literally but I mean, with hits. that like you're saying yeah it's the time you're spending it's like how are you yeah that's the most valuable resource we'll ever have yeah is the time that's why i hit. Yeah. i was like damn yeah damn
1: but it's a great question. It's something that, like, with Volume Three, I kind of want to do a series where I, you mm-hmm. know, just kind of ask people, like, oh, what, <laughs> what, it matters? Yeah. Maybe I'll do that with Volume Two too, asking about like success, and
0: that's interesting.
1: Hmm. Or interviewing people.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's something everyone's thinking about. Like, yeah, everyone's like al- a dream everyone's life, every- you know? every- right. Exactly. It's like everyone's always trying to figure that out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm making
0: this. Now. Yeah, why I know. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, sport. like, that's yeah, that's yeah. really cool that like, yeah, that's what that's what the whole project is about.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't get to like really show that in volume one mm-hmm. the way I the way I wanted to. Yeah, um, it, it it's more abstract. So with volume two, I'm really I'm making it so obvious, like <laughs> through interludes and through like, you know, quotes that appear on the album. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. I'm a. I'm a lead people by their hand. So for Volume Three, it can be a bit more subtle. um mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm hyped for that. I'm I'm excited to like see all three and listen to all three cohesively. Yeah, do like a master collection that fills in
0: the blanks or something. But shit, man, me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't wait that's yeah that's Hell super excited yeah. i'm happy for you man it's really cool
1: thank you bro thank you man i'm excited to be able to to jump back into the creative because the last few months has been
0: wild mm-hmm. in, in life yeah i'm sure i mean yeah i can imagine but yeah this uh, uh, i uh, the the i didn't really have the vision of the project really until this conversation and now i'm totally like very very much looking forward to following along <laughs>
1: Hell yeah! So, hell yeah. yeah! That's cool. Man. Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. If you get, I, I can send you some links too from all the all the volume one pieces,
0: and it might. Yeah. Make please really do. More sense. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on? I mean, I feel like we're sort of wrapping up here, and definitely hit everything great. I wanted to get to. So. No. Yeah. It's been I'm, fun.
1: I'm excited for volume two, man. I really am. It's. It, I haven't had the chance to shift into it yet, and I'm excited to like hit hit the ground and sprint yeah um, i've been
0: quiet so i'm excited mm-hmm. about it. all right cool man i'm looking forward to it
1: <laughs> hell yeah bro thank you man this was great. yeah
0: yeah this is fun i appreciate your time as well same bro all right man hell yeah peace peace wait 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 don't go yet thanks so much for listening make sure to check the links in the show notes to find and support wine bags and his art If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and followed me on social media at the links in the show notes as well. Also, please don't hesitate to reach out with feedback or comments or questions. I love hearing input from listeners that can help me improve the podcast. And be sure to tune in next week for a conversation with AJ from Float, where we catch up on Float's last eight months, the development of the new platform and Float's philosophy around music as assets.